Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I am Nate. We are here with Jimbo today. Howdy. Howdy. How's everyone doing? I'm pretty pumped for today. I'm actually, Nate, I know I texted you right before we got on. I'm extra pumped because I have a category that I was looking at last night, and I was like, oh, I cannot wait to bring this up today. So very excited about it. And I have no idea what this category is going to be. So everyone here is going to be hearing this at the exact same time. That's pretty exciting. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. And what we are going to do today, because we already had an hour-long podcast on 2022 Bowman Baseball earlier in the week, we're going to keep this one a little bit shorter, 30 minutes hopefully. And we're just going to talk about things that we find interesting within baseball for the first like month. There's a lot of interesting guys. There's interesting teams. Shout out Cincinnati Reds, 3-20, and 20, no big deal. They are atrocious. And um, we'll just talk to our heart's content, and then we will switch gears just a little bit at the end to talk about 2022 Bowman prices and why you should be just a little bit cautious when uh, paying prices the early going because there's some pretty, pretty astronomical prices and astronomical asks out there. I so agree. let's uh, let's jump into it. And Jimbo, why don't you why don't you just share with us right off the bat what you were looking up last night and what you're excited about? Yeah, so um, it's at, it actually wasn't about boom, uh, the new release at all which is kind of surprising. Um, but considering the fact that I, I literally watch base, I have a baseball game on 24 seven, um, even replays when, you know, before the game start for the day. So I just love watching baseball and seeing it day to day. But one thing that I saw is, is there was like a lot of players that, you know, obviously started off, started off slow, but now are like really doing well. And this is a category that I've always loved. And this is why I always bring up the, you know, like, hey, where are they playing at? You know, if they're playing in the cold, uh, their numbers not, might not reflect it because there's there's other things that might affect their numbers, but they're still hitting well. And let's say they're hitting well within the last, you know, 10 or 7, 10, 15 games, but their overall numbers won't reflect that. And this is a category where I always like to go in and, and, and grab those players before, because people just look at the overall stats mm-hmm. i feel like majority um so the category i wanted to bring up is like one thing that i suggest for people to find these hidden gems are when you're looking at stats get creative like one thing i love to do is look at the last seven days last 15 days of stats and see who's heating up and there's so certain really real quick there jimbo before yeah. before we expand for those of you that are new to maybe looking up splits um, there's two way. There's two websites I use, and I just want to explain this so that everyone understands. There's two websites I use: Baseball Reference and Fangraphs. If you are on a Baseball Reference page, say you look up Juan Soto, you scroll down past the summary at the start, and you'll see a box that's highlighted red that says Juan Soto Overview, and then you can go over and there's a thing that says Splits, and you can either choose Career or choose the year. So you could click on 2022, and it will give you all the splits that Jimbo may be talking about coming up. If you are on Fangraphs, if you are on Fangraphs, which is another website we like to use, you go onto a player page and then it, you go down past the overview section at the top and there will be a little green box that says season stats. And right next to that, splits. You can click on splits there and you can um, see all of the splits that Jimbo may be talking about there. 
So I just want to explain that for anybody that might be new to looking up statistics and um, they, you know, they now know how to do it. If you just follow that, really, it's really simple, really easy to find. But if you haven't done it before, it might be difficult to figure it out. Absolutely. I love it. So anyway, sorry, keep going. No, you're good. You're good. And this is just a way like I know in the beginning, I, like a lot of the rookies we talked about, and there's always so much excitement for the debut. And that's why I was kind of being like on the opposite side of that in, in uh, episodes before this, like, you know, right when the season started was because a lot of rookies do start off cold, but then in their player, let's say their, their prices drop, but this is a way to get back. Like, let's say you like that player before their debut, they're still a great player. They just got to figure things out. And you want to buy them at the right time. You don't want to buy them when they're too early. You want to buy them on the dip. But I'm a big believer on buying when they're when they're trending back up. Because even if you got to pay a little bit, like you're not buying the bottom price within the last, you know, three, four months, but it's more security reasons because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never know if that player never doesn't like if they don't trend back up, then you're just lost, lost off the money. So I, re- I, I really, really, really like that. Yeah, I'm 100 on board there. And this is like I'm a I'm a finance guy. I'm a business guy. I, I finance degree. Like I love the stock market. So it's so much fun to bring that into cards because they're so similar in that aspect. There are different variances of you know popularity and stuff like that, but we won't go into that. But there's some players that are tearing the ball off the cover uh, within the last 15 days, and I'm just going to touch on a few of them. Like like a Kyle Tucker. He started real, off the real season real quick. Real quick. You said tearing the ball off the cover. <laughs> Dude, when I get excited, I get excited. Instead of the cover off the ball. Yeah. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. All right. Anyway, so I just, I figured I'd point that out because it was funny to me. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You're good. Not helpful. I'm not helpful. <laughs> so one player I wanted to touch on because I've been watching the Astros a lot because I am a huge fan of just watching uh, Jordan Alvarez hit and also the aspect of Jeremy Pena and Kyle Tucker is a very interesting player this year, man, this dude was cold at the beginning of the season. This dude couldn't hit anything. And, and he has historically, he's always started off slow, but now if you look at like now he's heating up the last 15 days, he's in 383, two homers, 11, uh, 11 ribbies, um, like he's heating up. Like I don't want to go too deep in the in the numbers. I don't want to get in the like too much of the nitty gritty. It's more of like the holistic part. But like a Kyle Tucker um, is one, and, and a few other ones. I wanted to like the few rookies that we we're talking about uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, I just had it up here. Like Bobby Witt is starting to heat up. You got Julio Rodriguez the last 15 games. Uh, he's hitting 292 now, which is, you know, is what you want to see. He still has a lot of strikeouts, but at least he's at least he's putting the ball in play where where they're like where people aren't, which is his confidence will get up and then he'll start rolling. Some say that's the name of the game. Yes. Putting the ball in play where people aren't. Some some people would say that. Yeah. And so I just wanted to bring that up and I could go all day naming players off. Um, but I wanted more of the aspect, like the, the general aspect and the theory. This, yeah. And it, it, and it's more for the beginning of the season uh, because like when you're in the middle of the season and they have a hot 15 games, like it doesn't, 
like it it's good but it it doesn't mean as much as in the beginning i feel like when when i look at the the back half of the season i look at more of like the general back half anything after the all-star game because mm-hmm. it's just i don't know it, like when you're in the season after the all-star game it almost feels like a whole nother season um to players so and then also you can you can do that look at the opposite where you can see people that have good number numbers overall, but if they're struggling the last 15 days, Hey, you know, you might want to keep an eye on them if you have cards of them or the opposite, like if you want to buy cards of them, maybe not, and maybe wait until they start trending back up. Yeah. And um, I like that you brought up the inverse because years and years and years ago, Unieski Betancourt might've been 2014, 2015. Unieski Betancourt was on his second, go around with the Brewers and in like the first month and a half, I think he hit like eight, nine, maybe 10 home runs. And people were like, wow, did Uni B finally figure this out? And if you looked up at the end of the season, his numbers still seemed okay because of the amount of home runs he hit in the first month and a half. But overall, after that point, he was atrocious. And so if you just look at full season stats, sometimes you can be deceived um, both, both ways. You can be deceived into thinking a guy has been doing poorly you can be deceived into thinking a guy has been doing really well. Um, it true baseball truly is a game to take day by day as opposed and at bat by at bat as opposed to uh, year by year until you get to like the Hall of Fame. Exactly, exactly. So I one thing I suggest for people go around, get on get on the internet, play around, look at some stats, and um, you can find some hidden gems. So. There's a lot of certain like I have a lot of players on my list that are that are popping out to me that I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. Now here's the question: How do you get a guy from being a hidden gem to not a not hidden gem? You know, because if you're buying into a hidden gem, you're excited because you're like, ooh, this guy's a hidden gem. But if he stays a hidden gem, you're not going to make any money because nobody's going to be paying attention. Correct. So there's certain, you know, there's a lot of very baseball cards is so much different than in the other sports because there's so many different things where, where are they hitting at in the lineup? Like if they're hitting at the bottom half and still hitting well, that's still not very exciting. Um, and then, but also then you look at the aspect of uh, like playoff team. So if they make the playoffs, uh, that's why like Ali, Alejandro Kirk was really exciting to me before the season was because it's like, oh, he's really cheap, great hitting catcher. And they, he's probably going to be in the playoffs. Um, so the, I don't know. There's like a lot of different factors into that. Um, but it really all depends on what their, what their price is. And then trying to, you got to forecast, what do you think will be if they continue? Like you got to forecast what, what their price will be with like hard evidence in, in a, with, I don't know, different factors. And I, I only ask because it's, it always crosses my mind. There's guys I like. Uh, take Willie Adamas, for instance, obviously a brewer. Um, but I was, I was pretty excited about him because he hit really well last year. And you're like, wow, if he does this again, you know, bona fide star. He was a star last year, but to be a bona fide star, you got to do it. You got to do it twice. True. And then you get something like this, a twenty, and he just won NL rookie of the or rookie NL player of the week last week. He's up to six home runs on the year. He's he's been killing it lately. He looks 
every bit as good as he did last year, and he looks like he's going to finish the year as like you know a five, six, maybe even like a seven win player. If I really want to get a little bit greedy. And then you look and hit Bowman Chrome Green Auto number to ninety nine. Bowman Chrome first Green Auto number to ninety nine. May fifth, seventy two dollars. And it's just like you get guys that haven't even played a lick, not a lick of major leagues, not a lick of the minor leagues yet. Some guys just Dominican summer league coming out in 22 Bowman baseball that people are spending well over $72 on a Bowman Chrome auto. And so for me, it's like, all right, Willie Adamas. I know he's good. Everyone else knows he's most people should know. He's pretty good. You've got him. He's a brewer. He's going to be making the playoffs. Likely the brewers are a very good team. They've got a very good pitching staff and more importantly, the rest of the division is atrocious. The Pirates, Reds, and Cubs are very, 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 very bad teams. So they're going to make the playoffs. They've got the pitching staff to compete, and Willie Adamas could be their offensive star. He wins NL Player of the Week last week, and still his Bowman Chrome Green Auto sold for $72. Correct, yeah. So I'm, I'm always like, man, you know, sometimes – Sometimes it's just really hard, especially in baseball, 162 games, this and that. It's hard to capture people's attention. And to this point, I haven't really figured out what the uh, what the code is there. But so here's the question I have: What was his? What was that card selling for in the off season? Um, and like stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's only 72 bucks. But let's say you buy it for 25, 35, 40, whatever it is, and you flip it for 72. I mean, I'm happy with that. I, I mean, you just do that on repeat. March 14th, 112. So maybe somebody just took a low offer. Uh, October 22nd, 108. PSA 9, November 5th, 108. So somebody may have taken a low offer for sure. But it still stands to reason that, like, they haven't really moved. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, it, it's just, it's, he, he clearly is the Brewer's best offensive outside of, Rowdy Telez, who we will talk about in a little bit. Um, Outside of of Rowdy, sometimes it's it's difficult. It's just difficult to get people to pay attention. And and it's not like it's not like Willie Adamas. um, I can actually get his numbers here for you guys so that you so that you can see them for yourself real quick. Let me pull those up if fan graphs would work. And it is working, so let me pull those up really quick. And so he's hitting 223, right? But a lot of guys are hitting low. 330 with a 468 slugging percentage, a 131 WRC+. And if we take into consideration what you were talking about, how if you just ignore the first half of the year or the first couple weeks and look at what they've been doing lately, it's going to be looking a lot better than his overall numbers, even though a 131 WRC+, is 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 very good. But what what is he so what is he hitting for the season? 230 223. 223. Okay, so this is like the prime example and then what is he hitting the last 7 games and the last 15 games? Let me pull that up for you. So like that the reason why maybe that card sold for whatever what like whatever it did is because people are looking at the overall numbers and this is kind of brings up to the fact of like if you find them early like you find them starting to heat up like he was player of the week and let's say he has a phenomenal next month or two. I'm not, and I'm not saying by Willie Adams, by the way. No, I'm just saying for the. And, like and neither the, am I. I'm just bringing it up because I under, 
I I watch so much Brewers that I I you know I know Brewers statistics and stuff off the top of my head. You're Brewers more fan? so than other teams. Um, but to 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 give you the answer, so 2022 798 OPS, but in the last seven days a 945 OPS. Last 14 1063 OPS. All right. How about averages with batting average? <laughs> um, so that's actually where it kind of gets funny. Last seven days, he's only hitting 217, but he has a 565 slugging at 379 on base percentage. Last 14 days, he's hitting 283. So the week so before, this week was a little bit hotter than this week, but this week was still good. So he was hitting, he's hitting 283 for the last 15 day, games, but the last seven games, he's hitting what? Two? What did you 217. say? So he's trending back down, but so he, but but just his batting average. Yeah, but I mean, it, but if you look his, at cards, that's what his on base at. percentage is still nine forty five. Yeah, and I I am hoping I am hoping that I have done enough to help people realize that they should not be just looking at batting average and saying, yeah, that's who I'm going to invest in because his batting average is, or not invest in because his batting average is two seventeen. If we are still at that point, I have failed miserably at my job of dinging corners host. All right, you're being a little hard on yourself, but you gotta look at you gotta look at the general market. Like the way I look at it, like let's say for football, if people like uh, really looked at yards after the catch, like yeah. to put it in perspective, like I don't, I'm not like I love football, I played football and all that, but I'm not looking at stats like that. Uh, like we dive pretty deep, and I think it's more like I feel like it's all variable too. Like when you dive deep into stats, and I'm a stat guy, so it's funny because. I'm a very heavy stack. I've always been told that, but I, I met you and then I'm like, holy smokes, I found someone way more into stats than I am. But it, I think it's variable on different players, different situations on how deep to look at the stats. But it definitely, if you look at card prices, the batting average, I feel like ribbies, home runs are like the the main factors. So what you're telling me is card investors are like MVP vote investors from 30 years ago. Exactly. So and, we need to, so we need to change that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I think it, you know, down the line it will. And I think if you know, if you know your stuff like in depth, you can find those hidden gems that we, that we talk about. But I think when we're talking card prices of like forecasting and basically I look at it as in like, when you see post on, on social media and in on ESPN and MLB TV, like, are they, what stats are they talking about? Because that's what they're feeding the general public. And that's what people will know. That's true. That's but it's true. all about how do you translate the, the in-depth stats into that in, in forecasting how everything kind of reflects each other. And sometimes those, obviously, one thing with statistics is you can always find a statistic to, to support your argument. Mm -hmm. No matter what, you can make statistics work for you. That's why baseball's uh, fun. You because see it all. You see it all the time, and we've all been guilty of it. Oh man, this guy's not very good. But look at this one or two stats that say, "Hey, he might be good." You know, Julio Rodriguez. Now, actually, I do stand by this one, so don't don't <laughs> make this. Julio Rodriguez's exit velocities. Um, if you look at them historically for the balls he was hitting and getting out on and stuff, if you look at his exit velocities, they historically that leads to is an indicator of really, really, really good production in the future, even if it isn't happening right now. Could not agree more. And so, you know, 
obviously that is a time where you're like, I don't care what the other statistics say. We know he has a good eye. We know he's getting called out despite having a good eye. And we know that he's hitting the ball hard. At some point, this will flip around. He will be a good player. But then there's other times where you can look at somebody's statistics and you can ignore the red flags and you can be like, hey, look at this, this, and this. And you, and then somebody else could be like, dude, but look at all these red flags. And you're like, no, 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 no. He's got it figured out. And then he bottoms out. And like for me, one of those is like Luis Robert. I really liked him. You really liked him. There were some red flags there. But oh, I was it's... like, look, if he can just do what he did this last year, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe he's got to figure it out. Yeah. Man, did he struggle in the early going with picture recognition and being able to lay off pitches outside the zone. And last year, you know, his walk rate was like 2% when he came back. Mm -hmm. That should have been a red flag. And it was slightly a red flag, but one I was willing to overlook because he was making such hard contact when he was making contact. If the hard contact, and this happened to Keston Hira too, a couple years ago, 2019. He was making hard contact when he was making contact, but he was missing a lot of contact constantly, but he was doing damage when he was making contact. Yeah. And so like there was a bunch of red flags, but also I was willing to overlook it because I was a fan. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward one year, he stopped making hard contact constantly and started striking out even more. And so, so there's, you can always make statistics work for you. Yeah. And sometimes Absolutely. it's to your detriment. And, and there, you know, it goes both ways too. Like for, I agree with that. And, it, and it's, it's, that's how you, if you know, like the, the exit velocity, I love that. I look at that stat all the time, but if their average doesn't reflect, you know, their exit velocity, then that, like, to me, that's what I call like a hidden gem yeah. and vice versa. So an example, Willie Castro for the Tigers, uh, a couple of years ago hit like over 300, uh, was like fifth in rookie of the year. Max velocity, exit velocity was like 95 miles per hour or something. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Hor he was just getting, you know, not lucky, but he was hitting the ball just anywhere there wasn't a, an infielder. And that that doesn't always – it's hard to, to do that over and over and over. So I personally didn't buy – like I remember seeing that and I was like, you know, he's a tiger even. I was like, I'm going to wait to buy his stuff for my PC until later. And now he's not even like, he's still in triple a and like all that stuff. So I agree with that, but it's more of like when we're talking about card prices, like a Willie Adamas going back to Willie Adamas where, yeah, let's say that card was at 70. Maybe like we're trying to figure out why it's at 70 because he is a good player. But at the end of the day, the stats that people are looking at that are getting excited are the batting average RBIs and home runs. What, uh, what makes those go up and down? And let's figure out what those are before the general public public. And then one day everyone will be on the same playing field where everyone will know the in-depth stats. And then we'll figure something else, some other loophole to look at, to figure out that. But until then, I suppose if everyone was viewed stats the same, nobody would buy those random guys that you're trying to sell, you know? So it, it does, it does help out in the end. There's gotta be, there's got to be people that like just the baseline stats. There's got to be people that just don't like stats. The other day, Aaron and I had this this uh, conversation about Mike Trout cards, and I and he said, you know, people are getting smarter. And I said, honestly, when it comes to Mike Trout, I think there's people that don't have never watched Mike Trout hit, have never watched Mike Trout play, have never don't even care about Mike Trout, but just know his name, have to have the card, and buy it. 
Yeah. He's like, you think so? I was like, yeah, yes. I think so. And then we got confirmation of that. I won't name the account, but they bought a big Mike Trout card, and they said in the thing, never watching that bad of Mike Trout's career, but had to have the card. And I was like, there it is. Same with soccer. I mean, for me, for soccer, like I don't know soccer that well. I'm learning soccer, but I'm buying players I've never seen play before because, like, yeah, like not everyone's an uh, like an expert at at the sport and. Yeah, so that's there's that's why there's so many factors with all this. Yeah. And also too, it's like like liquidity. Shops will buy players that they know that people come in and ask for. They don't really care, like they don't watch these people, they just know that they can sell them. It's a business, just like a throw pillow or whatever, you know, like if people are asking for it, they're gonna buy it, and that's what also drives up the prices. Yeah, I mean, and that makes sense. You know, you get throw pillows of uh with cartoons or bouncy balls with cartoons, right? You know, kickballs. The yeah. person making a fin- Phineas and Ferb, if that's still around, I don't know. Uh, kickball probably has never watched the show, but uh, they know they can make money because a kid wants it, or a Kim Possible, or a Recess, or whatever you know, Doug, or something like that. So, um, I, like I I get that. I get that. It's just it's it's that was a very interesting conversation, and I that was I, fun, uh, dude. I, dude. I enjoyed and that. Can I like? I know I haven't done story time in a while and this is not necessarily a story, but it's just like an overall uh, experience that I got to have is like in, in baseball, like the, the coaching, you know, the coaching staff, like where everyone, like where all the coaches sit, it's a bunch of old school guys, you know, sprinkled in with some new guys. Some people believe in stats. Some people don't. And it's fun because it's literally like a debate. It's like a debate team in there. And that's overall, like I wanted to go to law school for the longest time because I remember sitting there, and I would just like take it all in. And I was a stat guy, but then I also have the, you know, like the the feel like where it's like, oh, I got a gut feeling about this, like a mix of both. Mm-hmm. And I've always believed to have like a teeter totter of, hey, I test. That's why I always bring up I test, have an I test plus bring the stats, put it in. And it's like it's almost like you're making your own pie or whatever, like you're, you're mixing all of it together and not one ingredient is better than the other. It's just it, it all kind of has to mix. Yeah. Chemistry. I love it. This was fun, dude. Chemistry yeah, baseball. Yeah, that was that was a good conversation. And it's it's just one of those th- and all started because of Willie Adamas. It's yeah. just one of those crazy things where, like, you know, you might love a guy, think he's gonna be amazing, he might do really well, and you still might not make any money on him because at the end of the day you have to have other people find your hidden gem also. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, sometimes it just takes sustained success. Like Dylan Cease. I loved Dylan Cease so much going into this season. We did a bunch of podcasts on him in late November, told people like he was my Cy Young pick. Um, I was like, Phil all he needs to do is just take a small step forward in the walks and hits department, like just limit one last Walker hit per nine innings. And I think he will be a Cy Young candidate like right now. And then you look at him this year I agree. and he is unbelievably good, has some of the nastiest pitches in baseball and he's just dominating lineups, dominating, dominating, dominating lineups. But at what point do other people catch on? You know, the, the White Sox are 11 and like 16. or No, they can't have played 27 games. Wait, can they have? 
they, actually, uh, yeah, that might be pretty close. 11 and like 15 or something like that. Um, 11 and 13. Maybe it's 11 and 13. That might be 11 and 13. I know they have 11 wins and they have more losses than wins. But, you know, at what point do people say to themselves what I was saying to myself? And when they hit that point, that's when I say to myself, all right, I didn't buy much. I bought two base autos, Topps Chrome base autos on CheckOutMyCards.com and a couple foils. I think I'm into the total investment for $20. Mm-hmm. But at some point, once other people start catching on really well, I will sell away. Exactly. Exactly. I like this. We're about to hit 30 minutes. We didn't even touch on any of the topics that we came in here with. It's true. But I, I think we should save that. Okay. And I do just a couple of things that I would like just Nate, I want you to choose three players without any other details of just throwing it out there for people to go. Some of the things that we have told the like people listening to go look up, name three players without any other details. And you can't say any stats about them just for them to go out and do their own eye test and do their own research. Interesting. 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 I like it. Well, number one uh, would be Max Kepler. Ooh, I like that. I've been, I've been a Max Kepler guy before I am again, a Max Kepler guy. And, um, just one of those, well, I can't, I can't, I can't explain. That's nope, right. You can't. So I'm, I'm not explaining. Number two would be jazz chisel. Okay. I like that one. A uh, very, very big fan of jazz chisel. And number three, yeah. you like jazz. Sorry. Let's see here. Number three, number three, number three. Oh, man, that's uh, that's a significantly more tough one. Mm, I don't want to pick a pitcher. Well, how about this? I'll let you come back because I didn't tell you this okay. before this. So I'll, I'll give you some uh, some time. Okay. So for me, some players I want you, and this is not me saying to go buy them. I just want people to go out and do some research on it and have fun with some of the things that we talked about. And see what they're seeing. See if they see some of the things that, that we see. Um, first off, I know we talked about Kyle Tucker, but I think that's a really interesting one to go dive deep in. Um, and I didn't pick three players before I said this either, so this is fun. <laughs> uh, another one I want to bring up is Bobby Witt, since he's a, a fan favorite of a lot of people. Dive deep into him. And the third player, I'm going to do a prospect. I am going to bring up Lyaver Pagera. Oh, one kind of out of you know out of uh, left field, so not one that people talk about a lot. I like it. Oh. Um, and sorry, I got four. Nolan oh. Gorman, dive deep in his stats. Okay, I like it. <laughs> uh, my last one is going to be Kyle Wright, pitcher Braves. Ooh, I like that out. one. I don't usually talk about pitchers, so he wasn't even on my list of looking up stuff. So that that's my three. Max Kepler, right? Kyle Wright. And uh who did I say number three was? The pitcher. Oh no, no. no. I, I I okay, I can't remember who my number two was off the top of my head. Who did I say? Who did I, I say? I can't remember, but there I'm going to throw two more because I didn't even look at pitchers. Classic. I want people to look up Alex Manoa and Joe Ryan. 
Joe Ryan's so good. Dude. So, so good. So filthy. Man. He came out of nowhere, too. Who did I say? Why? You said off the top of your head. I, I, I said, oh, oh, jazz chisholm. Jazz chisholm. Yeah. You like jazz? I like Sorry, jazz. I have to say that every time. Because when I break, every time we hit a jazz, you like jazz? Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, I guess with that, we kind of we kind of started out with a plan and ended up in a completely different subject. But that was fun, dude. I think it was worthwhile. I hope it was worthwhile for you guys because I feel like it was worthwhile to me. I think Jimbo and I talking through this kind of opened my eyes a little bit. So I like it. We'll save the rest. We'll save the general update and the 2022 Bowman Chrome price update till next week. But otherwise, Jimbo, any last words? Just have a great Bowman baseball weekend. I like it. If you go to your local card shop, go find yourself some good 18, 19, 20-year-old hitting prospects. Put them in a box. Save them. See what happens. There is so much depth here. And uh, otherwise, enjoy the nice weather. I Oh, one thing I was going to say. Earlier, you brought up weather. And it was funny because the other week, the brewer, it was like the first 60-degree day we'd had in a while. The Brewers were playing the Cubs, I believe, and they hit like five home runs at home, four home runs at home, five home runs at home. And it was like the first 60-degree day. And even, even, though it's, even though it's obviously indoors, roof closed, the warm weather still helps. And so I, I thought about you, Jimbo, as I was like, yep. He was right. You know, all sometimes all it takes is just instead of 40 degree days, 60 degree days, and the ball will start flying a little bit more. And yes. it has. I mean, we we were sitting there like two, three weeks into the season. The Brewer, Brewers leading hitter had two home runs. Now Rowdy has seven. Willie has six. And uh, the world is looking a lot brighter from my end. I told you, dude, I've seen it firsthand. That's the only I would have never known until unless. Like the only way I know that is because I've seen it firsthand with these players. I sat with these players and, and hear them talk. And even me sitting there freezing my butt off can, you know, barely walk. So yeah, like that's the only, yeah, it, it's yeah. going to start heating up. And that's and why it, I and it makes to bring up. the baseball flying farther makes sense in warm air, but I've never thought about saying to myself, you know what? I bet that dude, like if, if they are in the minors, 18 year old in the minors playing in the Midwest league in April, I think about it and I say, ah, stats don't really matter because it's freezing cold. They're from, you know, the Dominican Republic or they're from Venezuela or something like that, or they're from Florida or Texas. And it's not going it, to, they're not used to this Midwest League weather in Appleton, Wisconsin in, in the beginning of end of March, beginning of April, right? Like that's hard to get used to very quickly. And uh, but then somewhere along the line, I'm like, oh, you know, by the time they're in the major leagues, they should just be used to it. No, they're but they only get a taste of like a month of it in the minors, and not every minor league team is in the Midwest. Like that's why the Cali League, the ball, like the batting average and all that, like how we talked about. There's factors to it. There's science. There's science that backs it up. But I'm gonna get some endorsements by some players I know, and bring it to you. And but it's more for the hitters because pitchers will say it doesn't affect me because they get so amped up. Yeah, it's it gets like warm. a short burst. I was just listening to part of my take. They had Jake Arietta on, and he
he was talking about not wearing sleeves in 2015 in a playoff game. And he's like, dude, if there's one person out there that can not wear sleeves in a playoff game, it's the starting pitcher. Yeah. You're constantly moving. You're amped up. You're warm. Yeah. You get to the dugout, you put on your jacket and then you go back. Everyone else is going to be freezing cold. Yeah. And to an extent, I understand, I understand that. Cause he's like, I can't wear sleeves. And if anything was touching my wrist in little league or in high school, when I was pitching, I couldn't pitch. Like I couldn't have anything touching my wrist. I don't know why I had no command. I had to take off any long sleeve shirt I had to be able to pitch. Okay. And then Jake Arrieta kind of like confirmed that for me. I'm like, wow, I wasn't crazy. I'm not the only one. Of course, some people might look at Jake Arrieta and say that guy's kind of crazy. So maybe I shouldn't be, be uh, you know, one in the same. One of my biggest takeaways from this conversation today is that you think 60 degrees is warm. So I was in jeans, sweats or like long t shirt and a coat when it's 60 degrees here. Jimbo, I turned the heat off in my house when it hit 45. That's ridiculous. The other morning I came downstairs and it was, I was in a t-shirt and shorts and it was 59 degrees in the house, living my best life. I wouldn't be able to function. So yeah, that aspect alone. my wife doesn't like it either. No one does. I, I love it. Also, I love not <laughs> spending money on heat. So shout out. <laughs> there we go. We almost hit 30 minutes. We did seven minutes over. Oh, well. All good. All good. Anyways, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. I know I did. I know Jimbo did, too. If you could see his face, he looks absolutely thrilled right now. (laughs) So thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Dinging Corners, and we will talk to you guys again next time. Deuces!